Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This is Good Humans Podcast with me, Cooper Chapman, chatting to the world's best about the inspiring stories that got them to where they are today. What's going on, you good humans? Welcome to Good Humans Podcast. This is episode 108 with a very, very interesting man and a guy that I absolutely love chatting to, Zane Munro. Big thank you, as always, to our sponsors, Drinker Rapper. These four episodes over the next four weeks were actually very special episodes for me. I got flown over to New Zealand with Drinker Rapper to spend a bit of time with their team to record four podcasts. So the next four weeks are all done in studio over in NZ. And yeah, I got to spend some time with the team, which I absolutely loved. Um, if you want to go check out what Drinker Rapper do, the brain drink, neuroscience, all put into this little glass bottle to make your brain perform better. Short-term performance, long-term brain health. Think of it like an energy drink, but way better for you. Um, you can use the code GOODHUMAN for a big 25% off all of their products um, over on their website. And yeah, big thanks to those guys. I'm also going to do a little giveaway. I haven't asked them about this, but they're legends and I know they're going to say it's all right. So what I'm going to do for this month, as I've got some big, awesome, interesting episodes coming up, if you share on your Instagram story and tag Drink a Rapper and Good Humans Pod, um, you go in the draw to win a case of a rapper. I'm going to pick two people each week. So pretty good chance to win. I usually do these. Not many people do it, but I think it's important that we start to get these stories out there. They can help so many people and it's a way that you can give back for absolutely no cost. Help us spread this podcast around and also you can win some of the amazing Arepa brain drink. So share on your Instagram story, tag both drink a rapper at good humans pod. I'm going to pick two people each week for the um, next month for the next four episodes and send you a case of a rapper. So share Zane's episode if you enjoy it. So Zane, this guy does some stuff with the rapper himself, but um, interesting story, really interesting guy. It was so beautiful just to have a chat with another young man, be quite vulnerable. He shared a lot about the challenges he went through from things like divorce to really having a tough time throughout COVID to having an interesting and difficult upbringing, not knowing his biological dad who left him when he was born. Um, and then, yeah, going through therapy and we had a really good chat about therapy, which I really enjoyed having, um, a conversation where we could break down a bit of the stigma, talk about his, um, experience with therapy and the massive, massive benefits it had for Zane. Zane then went on to create a thing called For All The Brothers, which is a mental health organization that he created walks where men could get together, go for a bit of exercise, just have a chat, be open, be vulnerable. And yeah, it's been incredible the response he's got. He's got a huge following over on social media. Um, you can check that out in the show notes. But yeah, this guy is someone who I really relate to. We're going to try and do some good human factory and for all the brothers, men's walk towards the end of the year on the Gold Coast. So keep an ear out for that. But most importantly, if you enjoyed today's episode, if you learned something, if you find value in it, tell one of your friends give us a five-star rating, leave us a little review, or most importantly, just hit like or subscribe. That's how we move up the charts. We're climbing up the charts right now in Apple, um, I mean, in Spotify, Health and Fitness. By you guys sharing, telling friends about it, we move up closer to the top. So thank you so much. Enjoy this episode. Let's jump straight into it. Welcome to Good Humans Podcast, Zane Munro. Hey, you going, mate? Thank you, bro. Welcome to New Zealand. Mate, thank you for having me. It's beautiful to be over here. The um, legends that are rapper who sponsor my podcast, great friends with you as well, doing some awesome stuff with your organization for all the brothers, have got me over here for a few days. I'm recording a couple podcasts and they've lined me up with a few of their favorite people in New Zealand and you're on those that list of four people. So, man, I'm excited to get to know you a bit better. There we go. That's a, uh, the best intro there could be. Absolutely. Well, we're going to kick it off. Um, yours is already open, but I'm going to crack open a rapper. We're going to do a little a rapper cheers. So there we go. Off. We're on. It's a good way to always start the pod. Cheers. Get the brain fired up. Anyone listening, make sure you go back to the intro if you want to learn a bit more about a rapper and the discount code. But today's all about you, Zane. Let's get into it. I open all my podcasts with the same question for everyone, and it's um, something that I'm very passionate about, and that's gratitude. So what are three things you're grateful for right now in your life? It's one of the things that first comes to mind every time I ask this question. First thing is my health. 
mentally and physically. Um, I'm able-bodied and I know the ways to look after my mind. Second thing is my son. Um, he's kind of the reason that For All the Brothers started as a whole, but he's also my reason when times do get tough to look for the good in it, but also look for my way forward. Um, the third thing I've got to be thankful for is family. My family have held me up, be it my partner, my sisters, my brother, my mom and dad. They're the people who, without even knowing at times, they've given me that motivation or that inspiration to, to lift myself back up and carry on. Bloody love that. All great ones and ones that we all, I think, can relate to family, our health and yeah, your son, I can imagine we're going to get to talk a little bit more about your journey and learn all about that. So, mate, let's go back to the beginning. I have a pretty unique format with Good Humans Podcast. I don't know if you've ever listened to one, but it's going to be a bit of a chronological about your life, understanding a bit about your upbringing, school, what you thought life was going to be like after school, and then, yeah, catching up to the amazing work you're doing now and where you see the future going. So let's hit rewind. Where were you born? Where'd you grow up? What do I need to know about your upbringing that'll give me a bit of an idea of why you are the man you are today? Um, pretty open with this. Um, I was born in West Auckland, um, born and bred, grew up in West Auckland up until I was about 18. Um, before that, and this only kind of that triggered my mental health, my father, my birth father left the day I was born, um, which is one of those things a lot of males, I guess, a lot of humans will be able to relate to, um, the abandonment issues that come with it, which will come along further in the story. Born and bred in West Auckland, local schools, played league growing up, hence the reason that I stayed at school for as long as I did. I was thrown out of school when I was 16. School wasn't a place for me. Um, academically, did really, really well, but my, I guess my mindset was that of rebellion. I didn't want to listen to what a teacher had to tell me to do. Um, I didn't want to take orders. Um, I didn't have the, I guess, the slow mindset to sit in the classroom. Um, I wanted to be out there doing things and, and on my feet. So I left, well, I got thrown out of school at 16 and jumped straight into an apprenticeship, which, if anything, looking back, I wish I'd stayed at school longer. Um, I guess the free accommodation at your parents' house and food and everything mm. like that. Um, but at the point in time, it was the best decision I thought. I made that decision, and as much as I look back on it, I can't change what I did. Carry on. Um, let's let's pause here because we're gonna you're gonna go the whole way through. I can tell. I know you <laughs> want to tell me everything, but I want to talk about this upbringing a little bit because, as you mentioned, dad leaving or biological father leaving when you're born, basically. What did you have a male role model in your life? Did your mum? have any partners throughout your upbringing do you have siblings this is one of those questions where i kind of get a, either a tear to my eye or a big smile on my face my mother is i guess my rock um there's a single mother raising me is a big job i guess single mother raising any child is a big mm. job uh, my behavior wasn't the best so she had her hand her work cut out for her when i was probably four years old she met um her long-term partner um who i actually call my father now um he's been there for me since I was four years old yeah. he's been there for those tough times in life and, and brought me up so I had that father figure to lean on or rely on um, in saying that and I think a lot of men will be able to understand this growing up in New Zealand the generational ways of parenting haven't always been the best um, the way that our grandfathers and our great grandfathers passed down discipline certain other things it wasn't always the nicest way um, so in a sense and I probably won't go too far into it I did get the backhand of a lot of those things and as I say it was generational and it's things that do change through generations so the way that I got it probably wasn't as bad as what my father got it um, but he was doing the best he could to teach me mm. which in turn taught me certain things I didn't want to be when I grew up to be a father um, but I was quite lucky my mother meeting him at such a young age for me he was so influential in my life and he's somebody who I don't not only call my father now but I also call one of my best mates he's mm. the person that I call good, bad, whatever's going on, or just to chat about life. Um, and it's one of those things which I truly value is having my mother and father or yeah. stepfather um, who are there for me, who have shaped me into who I am. And it's a really mature mindset that you can reflect on and not resent and judge your father um, for maybe the way at times he brought you up and have that perspective that it is because of the way that he's been brought up and I guess the quote that kind of goes with that is like hurt people, hurt people and healed people, heal people. And it's so cool to see the work you're doing now in really trying to heal and trying to bring that to other men, which is super special, which we will catch up to that part of your story. So going through high school, um, 
and you said you were quite academic, but then you dropped out because it's it's quite interesting because I I went to the end of high school, and it was because I was a professional surfer and I I could stay at school and it was fine. But I always think if I wasn't surfing, and I always say to people, unless you're like going to go to uni, dropping out and getting an apprenticeship is actually a really good idea. And it's quite interesting that you say you wish you went longer. Why do you think? Why do you wish you went longer at school? I think myself like there's certain other careers i would have loved to explore um but in that sense you need to go to university for those things but i think it's one of those things at a young age for a lot of us as men especially men who are hands-on the first thing we look at is apprenticeship Mm. getting into a trade and i'm not going to say it's not a an amazing career choice but when you're stuck in it and you're you're in that trade there is times you're like shit i wish i did something different Mm. um with my passion for mental health i wish i'd followed something along those lines um, but there's also different things in life where being on the tools all day your body aches you get home it does take a toll on your mental health mm. um, and your physical health I guess in a whole yeah um, I did two years on the tools know yeah. all about it yeah yeah your so life becomes very insulated in work go yeah. home you feel like shit you want to have a beer it's like I can understand the whole culture of trades yeah. and why people do quite struggle and find it hard to talk to but I mean if, if going to university it may not have been a choice that I would have made, I may, may be sitting here in the same position being like, should I, wish I didn't go to university? But it's one of those things you, you only know better once you've done better. Um, mm. So, I mean, at 33 years old, there's still plenty of time for me to change career uh, routes or career paths and do something new. That's exactly what I was about to say. I mean, I'm 29. I only started the Good Human Factory and the podcast and everything three years ago and life can change very quickly. Yeah. I'll tell you that much. And it sounds like you're on that path and laying the pavement for the next chapter of your life. You mentioned that mental health is something that matters to you and you wish when you left school you would have pursued something maybe a bit more down that path why did mental health matter to you from a young age i think for myself as somebody who personally struggled with i said struggled the word should be struggles because we still have our on and off days um with depression and anxiety it was something which growing up in west auckland it was never spoken about it was never you knew the words but you didn't know the meaning behind those words. And um, what the feeling well, that comes 100%. with them is, yeah. And so I thought myself, um, drugs and alcohol was just a normal way of escaping. If you have a shitty week or you're having a shitty day, it's easier to, to, to get out of your mind instead of getting back into your mind. Mm. Um, it wasn't until I was living overseas, um, I would probably be about 23, 24, where my mental health probably hit the worst that it had been. Um, there were certain thoughts that were going on which weren't weren't too nice. Um, and I was quite lucky. I had a friend which I'd known from a young age. I was actually over there at the time. Um, we sat for dinner and he asked me a couple of questions. And I don't quite understand how he managed to pick it, but he could sense that I wasn't in a good headspace. He could sense that things weren't right. He asked how I was and I said, yeah, I'm all good, bro, as we always all do. Mm. Um, but it looked a little bit deeper than that, a little bit further than that. Um, he actually told me that he... A few years earlier was in the exact same position I was in and that was my first time ever speaking to a male about mental health and somebody who had struggled with it for so long I couldn't figure out why as men we didn't speak about it but why as men we didn't have open groups or platforms or places where mental health was a topic of conversation but also ways to deal with our mental health or a topic of conversation as well hence why I decided to throw my hat in the ring and be like if I can't find these places why not create one mm. and that's I guess the the journey of how for all the brothers did start we're going to catch back up to that because i know we're going to speak for a long time on it and i feel like once we start we're not going to stop so i want to talk about the period of leaving school starting your apprenticeship what that period of your life was like to lead up to this moment of being 24 in portugal really struggling with your mental health so let's talk about that period what was going on what were some of the challenges you faced leaving school relationship stuff Let's talk about that period, I think, 18 to 24. I think between 18 to 24. So originally, by trade, I worked in the um, the print uh, sector. So I left school at 16, um, jumped straight into the print trade. And uh, screen printing and stuff? Uh, more of a large format style. Yeah. Um, a lot of old German machinery. Uh, so it's a skill which doesn't really get spoken about anymore, and it's not really a, a trade which is continuing, hence why everything's beginning mm. to go digital. I jumped into a printing company where it's actually just up the road in New North Road and the mentality there was an old school hard man mentality Um, and I didn't really think too much about it until I stepped into that world. I'm a 16 year old kid and there's these fully grown men 
some have come from overseas some are new zealand born and they've got that that real hard man mentality mm. it was a little bit of a struggle for me because at 16 you're still trying to navigate puberty ever since <laughs> um, let Absolutely. alone understanding what what happens in a grown man's world i spent three years in the trade um, completed my apprenticeship massive <laughs> awards i uh, ended up getting apprenticeship apprentice of the year and a few other little bits and pieces but i wasn't happy and i thought without realizing that it was my mental health which was was causing these feelings i thought it was oh shit it's the job that i'm in blah 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 mm -hmm. so i was 18 i packed up my things and i moved to the gold coast for a year um got to the gold coast thought that i would just magically get there and world would all be perfect turns out that it's not the way it works uh, continued in the print trade and just realized i wasn't happy um easy escape i came straight back to new zealand a year later um, came back here jumped back into the print trade this this time at a bit more of a higher caliber of things um, jumped into a management role which i probably wasn't ready for those feelings came back i wasn't feeling happy in life feeling a little bit lost feeling as though i wasn't in control of things <laughs> fast forward another year i decided to get straight back on a plane and move to melbourne um, a place where i'd spend 12 years of my life uh, managed to travel oh. the world from there but i actually got into the print trade and i took on an operations manager role and succeeded i did very very well not only for myself uh, but for my career put myself in a position where the big six figure salary came i met a girl i got married i had a child and in that time my mental health i thought was perfect uh, um, so you thought success was going to bring i thought everything was good mental health I thought very similar to my story good. i thought yeah. everything was was perfect um but you hadn't dealt with those things that were bringing up these uncomfortable 100%, feelings 100 yeah. percent. so while i was over there the career was going good i'd met this girl um we decided to get married etc and then i found out i was going to be a father and that's where everything started to hit home a little bit how old were you here uh, i'm 33 now so i would have been about 27 28 okay I want to, we're going to catch up to that yep. because I want to go to um, this 24 years old where you spoke to your friend because yep. we've kind of caught up to that now. So did you get married and you went over on that trip? So that's a little bit, a little bit before. There were still the odd times where... Okay, so you just started dating this girl. Yeah, you're yeah. You're getting this good job. You started traveling. Yep. So you're in Portugal and that was prior to feeling good again because you've Tick these girls. So what you did a bit of travel. You went to Portugal yeah, with the mate. Portugal traveled, traveled around Southeast Asia. Did all those things, and I thought I was in a good space. Turns out I, I probably wasn't. So and that's when you got to Portugal. Had yeah, a chat to your mate. And was oh, like, that was in Melbourne. When I was talking to, oh, okay. to my mate when I was living in Melbourne. Okay. Um, talking to him, he kind of brought to my attention about what mental health is in men, how you should deal with it, the things that you should actually be doing for yourself that no one's ever spoken about. First port of call for me was therapy. Um, going to a GP and seeking out a therapist. One of those things that as men, we're scared shitless to do. Mm. Um, not for any other reason than it hasn't been normalised. It's not like going to the GP and getting a checkup when you've got a cold or a flu or you're breaking an arm or a leg. This is talking about your mind and it's something that we don't speak enough about. First time going in there, I was petrified. I was shaking. Um, they referred me to a therapist. And this is something which I stress to a lot of people. The first therapist I went to, didn't work mm. it wasn't somebody who i could relate to it wasn't somebody who i guess would i felt as though would see me for for me mm. i went back to the gp and i said hey look this isn't working that and i think in this moment it's kind of where something i'm very grateful for in life is instead of that gp just prescribing me medication mm -hmm. and saying take two of these every day and you'll be fine yeah she actually looked at me and she's like, hey, I've got somebody else which I'd like you to go try. Turns out that this next therapist I spoke to was the one that I continued with for seven years. Wow. And I'm not talking about only when times are bad. I'm talking about on those good days too. Mm. I had set in appointments every second week and I would make sure I'd attend those because it wasn't just when my mind was bad. It was when my mind was good too. Mm. Simple practices like gratitude, but the therapist bringing to my attention, hey, when things are bad, you've got to look back on these moments when things are good mm. and appreciate them. Yeah, man, good on you for going back after having a bad experience with a psychologist. I feel like that's something that a lot of people would be like, no, I tried. Nah, it's not it for me. Yeah. yeah, good on you for like following that up. What about when you went back and, and also good on the doctor who didn't just prescribe you SSRIs. Yeah. You'd be blown away by the amount of guests I've had on that have said they've struggled. They've been put on SSRIs with no other alternate or like yep. no other things to try and they just felt like shit and wigged out or like felt numb and didn't really 
get to any core yep. solution. They just kind of got a band-aid put on. So I feel like you're one of the lucky ones, but also someone who persevered. So good on you. So when you say they get, she gave you, you were there for seven years with her. It's amazing. What were some of the things that really helped in the initial stages that maybe unlock some things to see the world through a different lens and understand there is a way to heal through the obviously pain and trauma that you're probably carrying through from your dad to leaving to other stuff that you probably weren't even aware were your traumas i think the first thing was and this is a question which when you're asked in different circles you have a million different answers to it how are you feeling really what's going on and it was one of those things where i had to sit there and think because i don't want to give her the wrong answer i didn't want to do this the words she said to me she's like in this room there are no right or wrong answers Mm. it's how you feel not how i you think i should think you should feel Mm. it's how do you feel and i think that first probably two or three sessions was more about me and i put this pretty bluntly finding the balls to open up finding Mm. the balls to actually explain how i was feeling and some days i couldn't find the words to explain i was how about I was to feeling. say because sometimes i think the vocabulary is something that's yep. really hard when you haven't done it much like yep. i had went to a therapist for the first time i've seen a sports psychologist many many times like quite close with him and then i was like you know what i do all this mental health work like i just was feeling a bit uneasy just about just something wasn't feeling completely right and i went and saw this psych and i only had one session with him and it was great and it kind of i got what i needed out of it i probably should book in some more but yeah it's it's so beneficial yeah. i think it's one of those things where as I said, I continued on for seven years and it was sometimes just going to have that space where you could talk about something without judgment. You mm. could go in there and not only seek advice on how to deal with things, a lot of the times you'd give yourself that own advice by just being able to talk about the issue. You'd find the answer yourself. Exactly. But I think it was having something where you could go to look after yourself. And a lot of the times I refer it as going to the gym. Yeah. Go going to the gym for your mind. You go to the gym for your body and a lot of the times you won't want to go or you feel as though, oh yeah, I'm strong today, I don't need to go to the gym. Mm. You walk out, you feel 100% better. Yeah. Um, and it's one of those things which I continue to do for my mind for those seven years. Yeah, and that's like what my the guy I saw said to me. He's like, we all have great people around us and some of us are very lucky to have close networks who we can lean on. And I, I feel exactly like that. I've got such amazing people around me, amazing family that I can talk to. But what he said, he's like, all the people that you know and know your life, it's like everyone's inside a jar, yep. but you can't read the label on the outside. So going to see someone can give you that perspective from outside and go like, oh yeah, like they don't know you well enough to know everything, but they know you enough to be like, have you thought about this? And you're yeah. like, oh yeah. And like, there is a thing I hear quite often, which is like, oh, I don't want to speak to one because that's just their job. At the end of the day, that is their job. My job is to build houses. That's Personal what, training jobs to teach you how to 100%. be stronger. These people are, trained to make your brain work better and And that's why they're there they're not just there to get paid these people are there to provide i guess a solution to the problems that you're going through and it was something i I struggled with at the start as a lot of people do oh they just get paid they're just there it's not going to help me but it's when you actually turn up and you actually turn up 100 percent for yourself lean in is when things do start to change and Mm. you do find i guess that you don't have all the answers that you need to be open to outside views Mm -hmm. but also in changing the way that sometimes you are the problem that's in your way, mm-hmm. um, the ways that you think, the ways that Most you act, the, the ways that you deal. I mean, myself, a couple of abandonment issues that were thrown up from my father leaving at such a young age, I would I'd push people away, um, be it in relationships, friends, things like that. Or on the other hand, I would latch on. And it's one of those things, you're scared someone's going to leave, so mm-hmm. you try to go over and more and more. Um, yeah. But in turn, you're... you're going back to that same thing you don't want to lose somebody so you're doing anything you can grasp at so that you don't lose them mm. um there's also a couple of things that they they brought up with and this is something which all of us um can deal with is is taking ownership of our own life um, we're the only ones who put us in the position um so if we're in a shitty position or we're in a bad place we need to take the, the steps ourselves avoid victim mindset 100 yeah. you see a lot of people out there who will be stuck in a position and it's everyone else's fault um, at the end of the day it's no one's fault it's a choice that you get to make every morning when you wake up mm, I love that man it's like this is the, the good human factory is based around living with values and the first value I talk about is responsibility yep. you've got to be the hero of your story you can choose to be the hero or the victim as much as sometimes we kind of are the victim sometimes yep. it is out of our control but it's like yeah but what can I come up with to get myself out of this jam and yeah uh, the few good ones like be the hero not the victor or be the um, victim or be the victor not the victim yep. and just like good ones and Another one, I love that you said this idea of blaming. Like I came up with this quote. 
a couple of years ago and I love it. It's maturity is when you stop blaming. Maturity is yep. not an age thing. Maturity is when you stop blaming your circumstance than other people. And I know 50, 60 year old, my parents' friends yep. who I see is far less mature than me because I feel like I'm like, I can take accountability and even if it's not my fault, try and find what maybe I can do to, to fix the situation. Yeah, to fix the situation. So how old were you? Well, not how old were you. How much did that change for you? Was that something that just clicked it, and you went, it's, and it's hard to pill yeah, to it's, swallow. It's, it's a very it's, hard pill to swallow well, knowing it, that it's your control. It is because you're like, shit, am I to blame for a lot of the things that yeah. go on in my life? And it was something which, fuck, no one wants to be told that it's your fault. you've done that. Like mm. you're, you're doing that to yourself. Um, sometimes you have to come to that realisation yourself. Sometimes you need someone to give you the hard word to be like, look, sort your shit out. This mm. is the situation you're in. This is what you're doing, which is enabling the situation to continue. And it was something which a friend said to me probably two or three years ago now, you can only control the controllable. Mm. And the controllable is you, yourself, and I. Like, yeah. I, I, like I'm not in control of you or anybody else that's around me, mm. but I can control how I think, how I speak, how I act, how I respond to things, mm-hmm. which changed my life completely. Because now I look at situations, and fair enough, we all do it, you get pissed off at certain things, or certain things tend to yeah. <laughs> like yeah. hold you back a little bit, but the way you move forward from that. And mm. there was one thing a therapist said to me one time, which was, don't get disheartened when you feel like you're taking a step back because something's going to happen in life say for example a partner leaves or or a friendship ends or or whatever and that is going to cause a little bit of pain that Mm. is going to hurt sit with that for the moment sit with Mm. that for the day process that then take the step forward you don't always have to be on that constant healing journey moving forward Mm. in life you do you can take time to sit back and reflect yeah so important it's so nice to hear that experience with therapy for you and hopefully anyone listening right now that might give them a bit more permission to go and seek help even if they're not really struggling but have a few things that just maybe want to ask some questions to people that aren't quite inside my circle so i love that let's talk about now catch back up to where we were um i think with your son sort of 27 28 yeah you become a dad how's life change so when i was about 28 would have probably been when i was finding out that i was about to be a father uh freshly married um and this is where for all the brothers started still in melbourne yeah still in melbourne being myself somebody who had struggled with depression anxiety i guess somebody who had pretty low i guess self-worth issues i looked at myself pretty low a lot of the time um and i figured why isn't there many spaces for men why isn't there places for men and knowing that i was about to be a father i realized that if I had to grow up with this if I've been feeling this way and I can't find these spaces or, or ways in which I can better my own mental health and in an open free platform how's my son going to feel in 15 years 16 years when things start to affect him and this is where for all the brothers came about I figured that if I can't find it I'll make it um, my son was born for all the brothers was born and both of them have grown together um, for all the brothers now with everything that we provide in the community, a lot of it stems from what I would love my son to be able to receive or, or see or attend um, when he gets older. Mm. Let's talk about early fatherhood. We're going to catch back up for the brothers. I'm, I'm purposely pushing it back. <laughs> got, like, we've got, still got 40 minutes, so we're not, we're not in a rush. I want to go really deep into it, but I, I want to get up to that part of the story and not miss anything before. So becoming a young dad, what were the challenges with that? Shit. <clears throat> Going back to... I guess the abandonment issues, Um, things that happened to myself as a child, um, the way that I didn't want to replicate, I guess, and this is not saying my father's, the way he brought me up was wrong in any way at all. He was just doing the best he could, could, but it was me trying to do the best I could. Um, This is something I don't often talk about. Um, I've spoken about it on one other podcast, but it's, I went through uh, postnatal depression. So when my son was born, um, he had colic and reflux and it was one of those things where any parent who's been through it understands that the child will cling to one of the parents maybe sometimes neither of the parents my son took um, I guess my ex-wife became his his person yeah. she was the one who was able to calm him through, be through breast milk or any other things um, and I felt as though I wasn't living up to my expectations as a father he's only three weeks old at this point I didn't I'm know what doing much. I was, yeah, yeah, yeah I didn't know what I was doing when in reality those are things that as you grow as a parent and you talk to other parents are completely normal because mm. that's what children do but going back to those self-worth issues I started blaming myself I'm not a good father I'm not doing things right I 
what am I doing here? Like, I'm not making making anything easier in life. And it was one of those things where therapy stepped in. And I started speaking to my therapist about it, and she was like, look, what you're going through is completely normal. Mm. Every single parent goes through that in some way or another. Um, yeah. You're thrown in to the deep end of life. You've, you've got another a human to look after. You, you always think you're going to get it wrong, but in reality, you're only doing the best you can with what you mm. know. And I think from there onwards, um, being a first-time parent, living in Australia without family or friends around, the struggles you go through kind of make you stronger. They mm. make you realize that, shit, I didn't know what I was doing a week ago, but I got through it. I don't know what I'm doing right now, but I'll get through this too. You kind of teach yourself along the way that parenting is a skill that can't be taught. Mm. You have to teach it to yourself. Um, so yeah, it was one of those things. That those first couple of months were very testing. Um, they were very trying. Becoming a parent is one thing that I believe changed my life for the good in every single way. Because mm. every decision I make nowadays, how's that going to affect my son? What is the repercussions of this? Um, yeah. Good on you. Do you feel like that stems maybe a little bit from like, I don't want to be anything like my biological well, father? Like, is that something you've probably spoken to with your therapist yeah. quite a bit well, as well? I never want to walk away from my son. Yeah. He's, he's everything to me and I don't understand how any human could now. do that to people. Yeah. Um, and I think... You ask your parents, what's one thing you're proud of, or they're proud of, and they'll look at you, because mm. that's, fuck, I mean, <laughs> my favorite thing in, in the world is my son, mm. and I never want to, I guess, put anything on him that I should be able to deal with myself, mm. um, and by walking away from his life in any way, that's not fair on him, because then I'm just re repeating the same generational cycle. Yeah. Um, but I think also, as I said, it, it did cause a little bit of abandonment issues. Probably the best thing that happened to me was my birth father leaving because it gave me the chance to start looking inward. Um, like a, a year old, I wouldn't have understood this at all, but when I got to 16, 18, 20, I started looking at myself and the reason why I am the way I am, and it's because he did. And if that didn't, if he didn't leave like he did, I probably would have never looked inward. I probably would have never started to deal with the person that I was. Yeah, it's such a great reflection. And I think <coughs> I've spoken to a few people recently, one of the boys from a rapper last night, and then Dylan Buckley, um, I don't know if you know Dylan mm. Friends podcast in Australia, beautiful guy. He just had his um, first little kid, Max. And it was really interesting. A few, I'll, I'll go to two different points here. One, he said, like, he was just like, I didn't realize how much you could love, like, yep. somebody. Unconditionally. Unconditionally. And then as well, it made him kind of look at his parents and go, oh, it's crazy how much like they loved me. Yep. But then as well for you in your situation, it must be like a heart what it would have been once you started to really lean into it. Be like, how could my dad have left me when yeah. that, like when it was like, you look at how much you love your son and like, and that's it why must be a hard thing to yeah deal I, with mentally. I guess that's where I'm lucky where I had my stepfather or yeah. the person I call my father step into my life because yeah. he showed me that there's a different there, way there is a different way mm. um and fair enough his way of bringing me up wasn't perfect but nowadays we're best friends mm. and it's one of those things where things didn't start off the best way with my birth father but somebody else stepped into my life to yeah. show me the love that i guess we're all searching for yeah, yeah. Um, he, he brought me up as his son he calls me his son and it's one of the best things that could ever happen Mate, i love that it's um it's a nice not ending to the story, but it's a nice follow-on yeah. from obviously what would have been such a difficult upbringing yeah. for those first couple of years for your mum, but yeah, well, for you, her to have... You end up resenting somebody who you don't even know. Mm. Um, and when you kind of realise that they don't deserve so much of your mind space, you start to focus on the people who are in your life who actually matter. Yeah. I want to talk real quickly back to therapy when you first started going. What were some of the most beneficial things that, like different techniques, tricks, tips, outside of obviously the SSRI and the um, pharmaceutical route, what were some of the best things? Is there any like modalities you picked up or was it more so just talking to someone? I think it was one of the simple things was we use this within our, for all the brothers, um, be it with our brother's brain chat, our men's walks or our, actually our Sunday sessions as well, is your pits and peaks. So it's something very similar to what you did with your gratitude practice at the start. It's taking time to reflect on the good and bad because mm -hmm. a lot of the time as humans we get stuck on the bad things that are happening in our life, the negative things that are going on around us, we, for, we forget to look at the good too. And it could be something as small as, I got out of bed today and went for a run, or mm. it could be something huge. Um, and it was something she told me, every time I want you to walk in this room, I want you to give me your pits and peaks from the week. And sometimes it would be this massive list of negative things that have happened and, and I'd have to search for the good thing. And some other days it would be, shit, nothing really bad has happened this week. Like I've, I've 
obviously learned to deal with things a little bit mm. better and then there'd be this big list of positives yeah. it was one of those things where it was such a simple technique but it was something i could practice myself anywhere i was in the world whatever i was doing i could take that time to look back and reflect i love that gratitude the thing that you brought up it's such a powerful thing and yep. it's like it quite li- there's all the science now that shows it's changing our brain chemistry we're starting to look at the things that are good in our life rather than the bad and it comes back to that maturity and not blaming it's yep. like as much as you're like oh maybe less bad things are happening to me it's like no i'm just dealing with and not seeing things as negative because eh, if it's out of my control it's or that's control. not controllable then why let it bring my mood down yep. And it takes practice and it takes time to get to that mindset. And that's why I'm so passionate about gratitude and encouraging people. If it's every day when you brush your teeth at night, just think about you're already there for a minute. Just think in your head, what are a few things that I enjoyed about today? And it's just starting to create those patterns. And it's something I love that you said. It's something that I could take with me and do it. And that's what I think gratitude people forget. They do like they write in a diary for five days in a row, things they're grateful for. They can't think of anything the next time they're not feeling way better and they stop and it's like no gratitude's not like it's like going to the gym and doing like a week of abs and getting like oh a little bit of abs yeah. definition but then going okay i've got them now it's yeah. like no this is something a can, ma- maintenance thing yeah so it's i love that you brought that up as well was there anything else that you kind of found beneficial with her i think for myself somebody who had never spoken about mental health and this is something which i i mentioned to men all the time is it was a space where i could talk without judgment mm. um regardless of what i was going on be it I guess shit that was happening at home or at work or family or whatever it was. It was things that I could say openly without the fear of being judged or also them walking out of that room with me. Mm. Sometimes when you say things to friends, you've got that worry. Are they going to tell somebody else? Are they going to repeat this while I'm in the room? Or are they going to look at me differently from here onwards? And it was one of those places where for the first time in my life, I felt as though I could say things and not worry about any mm. repercussion of those things i'm just venting i'm getting them off my chest i'm talking about them in an open space and they're going to stay with her mm. and i think it was that was probably the most powerful thing i found but i also think speaking to somebody openly about things you've never said to somebody else before is probably the most powerful thing i've ever done because wow. a lot of the times you don't realize what you're going through until you speak about it i didn't realize that a lot of the traits that i had or the things that i was doing were stemming back to when i was two days old yeah. um, because we don't think like that and it wasn't till she asked how I was feeling what are the things in which I believe I need to work on myself or what has happened and then you start saying something oh this happened and this is how the situation played out and blah blah, blah. and you're like shit I was to blame for that like that that comes back on me and she's like why do you think that is and I'm like because I felt this way well, why do you believe you felt that way and the moment she says that and I'm like shit like all these things keep stemming back to one certain mm. situation that's happened in life and even though you're so young it does carry with you for a long time mm. um, but i think it was her not giving me answers kind of just following through with questions and allowing me to find my own answers most of the time mm. yeah i love that i think it's so powerful for any young man who's listening right now or woman who's got their problems as well it's such a great thing therapy and yeah. it's so I feel like we are starting to break down that barrier, but like you said, it doesn't even have to be if you're struggling. It might just be like, you know what? I feel like I'm at an eight, but you might go to a therapist and they give you all these skills and yeah. you go, oh, I was actually living at this six level out of 10 in my whole yeah. life. Now I can get up to eight and I can get up to 10 because I have these different understandings of ways to think about the world, of ways to view myself, of ways to view my relationships and things can always get better. I always say like it's good to, a lot of us are just going through life. Yep but we can all grow through life. Life can continue to exponentially get better. If we learn new things, we connect with more people and have the openness to look at ourselves in the mirror and go, you know what? There is a lot that I can do to improve. I think it's about also the understanding that it's not just when things are wrong or Mm. not just when things are going bad in life. It's also when things are good because Mm. it's about that maintenance. It's about continually doing something which is is good for you. Mm. Um, Fuck, you eat healthy for a month and then you're like, oh, yeah, I've eaten healthy for a month. I'm healthy now. Mm. No, well, no, Quick you're dive. not. You've got to continue doing yeah. those things to maintain that through life. Yeah. No, I love that. Right before we get to For All The Brothers, <laughs> we're going to have a good half an hour <laughs> chat about that. As much as you want to go into this, because I know you kind of quinced at it when I touched on it before we started chatting, getting divorced at a pretty young age, 
I can imagine can feel like a bit of a failure, can feel like maybe you've let your son down. I, I don't want to put words or anything into your mouth, but this is just kind of how I feel like I would feel if I was going through that after a few years of yep. marriage being young. What was that like for you and how hard was that decision to make? I think, so the, the, the reason when you look back on it, talking to people, therapy, etc. we were both young. Um, there was first child involved. We were in the middle of a worldwide pandemic. Um, and we were locked down, I guess, in a country where we had no friends and family there. After everything that she been Aussie, done, sorry, no, nah, she's Kiwi. Okay. Um, but everything that had gone on for the three years, while my son, two and a half years, while my son was born, it becomes. You start instead of working together, you start working against each other, and it's one of those things where it happens in life. Some people just don't work out together. The best thing from this whole situation was my son was born. Mm. Um, Getting to the breakout part, it wasn't easy. It's not something you're wanting to tell your friends. You've been married for two and a half, three years, and you're calling it quits. But it's one of those things where I learned it was out of my control. Um, I don't want to go into too many details about how it happened, but there were certain things that um, you wouldn't want to happen or wish to happen to anybody. Um, it put me back in that position again with the abandonment issues, the self-worth issues. I mean, when somebody... Um, takes your trust and, and misuses it you feel worthless um, so it's one of those things where if I go back to it but therapy came into play big time for me mm. this time was a little bit more difficult because we were in Melbourne it's one of the cities which was locked down probably the most strict in the yeah, world yeah. Um, everything was via Zoom and it kind of made things a little bit harder because you're sitting at home at home with yeah, her in another room and, and it's like, so easy to not actually pay attention yeah. or be easily distracted and pretend like you're listening um, so yeah, the divorce part was hard with that and being in the lockdown in Melbourne was where the decision to move back to New Zealand came to play. It wasn't easy. Um, been living there for 11, almost 12 years. Life was set up. Everything was, was, sort, was sorted over there. Mm. Um, but it was one of those decisions where I look back on it now and it was the best that we could have made in that yeah. moment. Back with friends, back with family, I guess back to where we grew up, um, but back to more of a sense of, of home. When mm. you're going through it's something tra traumatic like a, a divorce or, or a long-term breakup or whatever, it isn't easy to navigate. And sometimes you don't need answers, you just need support. You just mm. need people around you. And I think that was probably the best, not only for myself, but for my son as well, being around his grandparents. Um, I guess going through a breakup with a, ch a young child involved, they're pretty resilient. But there's also things that they're going to pick up on. Um, and at three years old, how do you separate them between households, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, it wasn't the easiest thing to navigate. It did take a good probably two years after the divorce or year, year and a half, two years before I actually started seeing another female. This was one thing which I try and speak to guys about a lot because the easy thing for a lot of us to do is when you go through something traumatic such as a breakup, I'm going to go sleep with every mm. fucking girl in the world. I'm going to go with a girl, another girl tomorrow night. That's not actually dealing with the problem that's happened. That's not dealing with the, the feelings that are going on or the thoughts or, or what's actually happened as a whole. So it did, for the first time in my life, was a time where I actually sat back and took time for me. To, to look inward, to mm. correct certain habits, manners, um, but also not to project that breakup onto the next person. Mm. Because a lot of us will do that without even knowing it. Hurt people, hurt people, uh, heal people, heal people. Correct. And so it was two years before I actually started seeing someone. Um, which turns out the girl that I did start seeing, I'm still with. Um, we've just moved into a a home together in, in Tutarangi and it's one of those things where I'm glad I took that time for myself because it actually healed certain parts which I didn't know were broken or were hurting mm. um, without taking that trauma or that hurt into a new relationship and creating new problems that don't need to be there. Yeah, and having the skills to navigate and communicate better. It's um, yep. my partner who I'm with now had a pretty toxic relationship and she spent a few years really healing and learn a lot of different things about theta healing and taking care of herself. And she was like, I was so closed off and met you and it just worked. But I know that if I met her two years before, right after a breakup or even a year after a breakup, she was like, I was a different person. Yep. I was a completely different person. And I can see just looking in your eyes now, like the vibrant sort of life and happiness that it feels like is coming out of you now mightn't have been that way if you didn't get that time to heal and understand yeah. yourself a bit better i think that was also the thing as well um my partner that i'm with at the moment um, her name's rose but she exactly what you just said there about your partner 
she's not the person who she used to be. Mm. And I think it does take a, a whole lot of growing in life. Uh, but it was also something she said to me at the, early on at the start, which was, I was like, shit, this is a motto I want to carry through our relationship. When you have, I guess, when you come up against conflict, it's not me and you versus each other. It's me and you versus the problem. There's only one way we can fix issues that are going on. It's to communicate about them. It's to deal with them. And it's to respect each other's way of dealing with them. Mm. Myself, I'm somebody who wants to jump on the problem straight away, talk it out, fix it. Whereas she's the polar opposite. She's somebody who would like to take time for herself to process it, to, to deal with her side of things, then come back and talk. And it's one thing she's taught me, which is you have to respect another person's way of dealing mm. because that's how a relationship works. People aren't made on this earth to fit together. Exactly. They're, they're made to work together. Um, so, yeah, she's one of those people who's come into my life after doing a lot of work on herself and me doing a lot of work on ourselves, myself. Mm. And you, you kind of look at things and you're like, shit, I wouldn't have been in this position five years ago. Yeah, it's so, so, it's, it's so important to do that healing and i feel like myself obviously the work i've done the last couple of years i've got a far better understanding of myself and a far better understanding of other people of how different we all are and understanding that there's we need to have perspective i can't imagine that she would see the world through the same eyes as me and vice versa she's grown up in brazil she's like lived a completely different life my partner so it's about like you said working together to come up with not solutions and that like we're so good we'll sit down and she'll sit me down and go hey we need to have a bit of a chat it's nothing on you it's how I'm feeling about some certain things, let's talk about it. So maybe you won't do something like that again. It's a bit triggering for me. That's okay, but it's me. I'm not going to resent you for it. It's like I'm healing for this stuff. And it's been, and that's, mate, it's, isn't it so different? And that's the thing. You, you, you meet people throughout life or on your journey and you're like, shit, they've done work on themselves. Mm. And I'm attracted to that. Yeah. And that's something which I guess as we do work in our personal self, we, that's what we start to look for yeah. a little bit more in life. Absolutely. Um, and it's something we were at an event the other week and – a woman said to us, she's like, I would never date a man who hasn't actively been in therapy. Wow. And I was like, it's a very broad thing to say. But I was like, that's amazing to hear because you're obviously doing the work on yourself and you're searching with somebody who has or is currently doing the work on themselves too. Um, or which at is least awesome. open to doing the work. Yeah. That's, I think, one of the main things. Like people... If not saying that if you don't go to therapy, you're not open to no, changing, yeah, but, it's, but it is quite a good, it shows that you have that willingness to work on yourself. Yeah. And I think there is, and I've spoken about therapy a fair bit in this in this last half an hour or so, but there is a lot of other ways you can work on yourself mm. besides therapy. I just believe for myself, that was kind of what I needed at the point in time. Absolutely. Um, the gym, social groups, actually talking about your shit with your mates. Um, there is many other ways you can deal with the things that you're going through. And that's where we're getting to now. We're all the brothers. We're finally here. You've been wanting to chat the whole time and See, I've been no, wanting to no, learn a lot. No one normally asks me about me. They ask about for all the brothers and that's normally it. So. Hey, mate, I want to get to know you because it sets up the context as to why this is so important for you. It shows the work that you've done and why you're qualified to Build be hosting and doing what you're doing right now. So let's um, let's talk about for all the brothers. It's born when your son was born. Correct. Five years old what's been the process of it what do you guys do let's go back to the start what was the first year or two of it to be honest when it first started and this is something through personal fear the stigma that was attached and just imposter syndrome. not wanting to be yeah i for the first probably i say yeah but it probably would have been about nine months i didn't put my face and my name to the page um originally it started off as a whole lot of quotes and stuff like this and it wasn't until i seen people that i knew who didn't know it was me following the page and liking the, the content and sharing it around etc etc where i was like all right maybe i do be open about this maybe i do be honest it was something i spoke to my therapist about how do i deal with coming out openly that i've struggled with my mental health and she asked me well what's the biggest thing you fear and i was like i fear judgment and she's like who could judge you more than yourself and that was something that sat with me because i'm like i judge myself more than any other human i've said every single bad thing about myself that you could think well who's yeah. gonna who's gonna do that more than what i've done it to me and that was kind of the, the moment where i was like yeah fuck it i'll bite the bullet i'm feeling real good today and i put up a photo of myself and that's kind of where the openness within the community began there's guys out there who have been like, i've been following your page for the last six to nine months it's nice to see somebody who looks like me who speaks like me and is exactly like me who's going through very similar problems mm. um what happened was continued with the the posts, the so motivational quotes, of, yeah, and things like this. Media, but, openness, men's mental health yeah, stuff. Yeah, but then we kind of, I decided to put my foot into 
just having little groups on Zooms, yeah, just getting men, COVID, men yeah. that was it, getting men together and actually talking about our problems because that's where we realised problems were starting to amplify because guys weren't in their normal routine, they weren't at work, they weren't seeing their friends, they weren't able to do the things, which in some sense was keeping their mental health on a level playing field. They were locked down, they were at home, so we started with these Zooms and it was in that moment where I realised, shit, we've got to do more within our communities to get these guys together and get them talking. And a lot of guys I was speaking to, they're like, we don't want to speak to a professional, we just want to speak to our friends, or we want to speak to somebody who looks or acts like that. Yeah. Um, so what we did, we came through COVID, and we got a small bit of a break for about six months there. And what we did was we set up men's walks all across New Zealand and Australia. So we had men's walks uh, throughout Brisbane, Gold Coast, all throughout Melbourne, which we'd set up every week um, on a Sunday morning, and then same across New Zealand. This was a, a chance where... I knew a lot of people through my travels and through living in New Zealand where I could handpick or select a couple of people that I knew. Hey, look, yeah, yeah, I was like, as I said to them, in a sense, I was like, you're not there to give any answers. You're not there to give people advice. You're just there to get these guys together to go for a walk. Whether they want to talk or not is a different story. I was like, get the guys together and see what happens. And fair enough, it started off with three or four people turning up. Um, then the one in Melbourne kind of picked up a fair bit of traction and we were getting 15 to 20 guys turning up. Sometimes a new guy wouldn't want to say a word at all. And there was guys that had been there before who would be very open to talking about even the small things in life, how things are going at home, their partner, et cetera, et cetera. And finance and stuff exactly that you don't that. really talk about. Yeah, you like. don't want to talk to anyone else about. Mm. Um, fast forward a little bit of time, we ended up going through the divorce and moving back to New Zealand. Once I got back here, I realised the true gravity of what I'd created here. Um, being overseas, you don't really see it. You see what happens mm. on social media. And it wasn't until I got back where I had a lot of people who I knew personally or through friends of friends who approached me and they're like, what you've been doing, the things you've been posting. Changed my life. That, that's it. That, that, those words there, I was like, fuck. Yeah, yeah. I, I yeah. didn't take it very well. I was like, I'm one of those people who shy away from, from, from I guess, applause or, or thanks from anybody at all. Um, what what ended up happening was once we were back here and the walks kicked off, we ended up having one week, I think our highest amount we had was 15 walks from the top of the North Island to the bottom of the South Island, ranging between 10 to 25, 30 guys, showing up at these walks to talk about mental health. And it was in that moment where I sat back and I was like, I've done something which I never th would have thought was possible. From this guy who walked in completely lost, scared shitless into a therapist's office, seven or eight years ago to being able to get this many guys talking about their mental health and when I say those types of numbers some people will be like oh that's not a massive amount massive. but to me that's a huge amount because each one of those guys who turned up turned up for themselves but also turned up for the people that are in their lives too their partners their kids their work, their work colleagues their friends what they take away from those walks by just being able to start openly talking about their mental health is huge and it makes a ripple effect through Absolutely. the people that they know. And if you're listening right now, think about it like this. Think about all the life that you've been through, how much you've had gone through. 200 people, that's a lot of life experiences and a lot of traumas and a lot of shit. Like, don't like discount yourself because it's like not thousands of people. Yeah. I get like that too. I'm like, oh, I can make more impact. And yeah. it's funny that you felt that way. It's like, it's hard to, and this is what my therapy, this is what I got the most out of my therapy session. They said, you're obviously so grateful for the work you do, but I just felt like I wasn't, I don't know, I wasn't waking up excited to go to work every day. I wasn't like, I feel like I could do more. And yep. he said to me, and this is exactly probably what you relate to, and I feel like this is going off exactly what you're about to go to. He said, it's amazing that you're grateful, but are you proud of what you've done? And that took me so long to, I sat there and I went, Whew, yeah, fuck, I've kind of done some yeah. pretty cool stuff. Yeah, I am pretty proud of it. And sometimes you need that push. And that's probably exactly where you're about to go with once well, you sat back and went 300 people. Wow. Well, that was it. That was it. And I was like, shit, what we're doing is, is pretty awesome. It's amazing. And so I started to travel New Zealand a little bit more for events and to see these groups which have set up and stuff like this. And All while hear, juggling the tradie life. While, just while to, trying yeah. to work full time yeah. and have a, have a, a son yeah. and everything else that was going on. I had... <laughs> Someone come up to me, and this was it's happened plenty of times, but there's one that stands out the most to me. I was actually at a shopping mall just up the road, and it was a week before my birthday. It's going back two and a bit years ago now, two years ago. And a lady came up to me, and she introduced herself, and I think her name was Linda. And she came up, and she's like, you're Zane, eh? And I was like, fuck, what have I done? 
Um, I did used to cause a little bit of trouble in Auckland before I left, so I thought maybe something was coming back to bite me in the ass. She goes to me, she's like, you're Zane, And I was like, yep. She's like, my husband's Steve. And I was like, oh, sorry, I, I don't oh, know a Steve. She said that uh, about six to eight months ago, um, he was in a pretty dark space and he was contemplating taking his life and he jumped on one of our Zoom chats um, in the middle of COVID. And he's like, you were the only person to actually listen to him. It's like he flicked you a message, he sent you a message afterwards, and you spent the next three weeks responding to him, replying to him, and sending him voice messages and checking in on him. And to me, that was just normal. That's just what I thought I was supposed to do. But to her, it saved her husband's life. Um, he sent me a message a couple of weeks later being like, my wife met you at the mall the other week. And it broke me into tears because I'm like, this guy wouldn't be here if I just wow, didn't man. act as a, I guess, bro, as a good human. Sort as somebody listen. who was there mm. for somebody else and I think it was in that moment there where I sat and looked back and I was like shit I might not be a professional therapist I may not be trained in this field but I got that life experience and we're bringing guys together to talk about things mm. which in any other way they wouldn't talk about it um, as that grew so did our events our events with uh, F45 with Arepa um, with many other groups around the country about being able to facilitate these groups for men openly, mm. getting them to talk, finding better ways to deal with things that we're going through. And through that, this is the one moment where you were just talking about being proud. Through that, I was nominated for New Zealand of the Year. Wow. And being a kid at 16, who kicked out of school, went through all these things in life. To go from that, being told I probably wouldn't make anything of myself, and it was fucking everything up and making making all the wrong choices from that to being nominated for New Zealand of the Year shit, I don't even know uh, New Zealand of the Year um, I don't know anyone who in my personal life and so it was one of those things where I actually sat back and for the first time I was proud of myself for the first time I was like this is why I guess it's not about the awards or the accolades or anything like that but this is why I do it because people are actually obviously taking note of what's being done out there people are actually taking on board the things that we're saying or, or in the groups that we're facilitating they're taking things away with them but it's also because mental health in men is actually now being seen and this wasn't more of a personal thing this is more of proud of what we've created as a for all the brothers community mm. good on you man has it all been for free as well or was that did yeah. you monetize it eventually or Bro, we've never made a cent from for all the brothers um yeah we're not we're not government funded um we don't get paid for anything we do to be honest with you 90 percent of anything with for all the brothers comes out of my personal pocket um and all the events we do are 100 percent free the one we run with arepa because we aren't trained therapists ourselves we figured we'd be able to give back to a charity so we only charge ten dollars for our brother's brain chat tickets and 100 percent of every dollar that's made from ticket sales goes straight back to the mental health foundation in new zealand this is so that our guys know when they walk out of the door there's a place that they can reach to if they do need to take things a little bit step further, they do need to speak to a to a therap therapist or a counsellor, there is someone that's available. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we've never done it about money because we believe that fair enough money pays the bills and money puts food on the table, but money doesn't help mental health. And this is something which I learned making that big six figures over in Australia and, and doing very well in my career, my mental health still declined. I was still struggling with things. Um, so we realised that it doesn't always have to be about money. Um, Fair enough, there are some days where personally I get I get a little bit drained and a little bit run down, a little bit tired. Yeah. Um, but at the moment, we're doing what we can to get our brothers together. I'm not saying that doesn't come without its perks and we don't get looked after in certain ways by people, especially with Arepa looking after us with our events and stuff like that. But yeah, it's never been about money or making any money from it. Um, not yet anyway. There may be chances where I step into for all the brothers full time um, and then that will need to come with some incentive to be able to continue it. Absolutely. But it's funny. And I've felt this guilt always of turning good, the good human factor into a business. But I had a great chat with one of the rapper team last night. And they're like, and I, was, I've I have this conversation all the time. It's like, you can go make a seven figure um, deal working with something that's not actually improving the world or anyone's life. Why does it feel like a crime to get paid to do something that's clearly saving people's yep. lives? It's clearly in the, the part where you touched on, I'm not a psychologist, we can't charge for it. I have this, like, I deal with this shit every single day. Yep. This is the exact same, like, I feel like 
once you and it's hard but once you get to the point where you realize well if i can monetize it in a way it means i can pull back from work a bit i can impact more people and i don't think anyone who comes to your event who might be paying 10 bucks a head whatever qualm at it they're going to pay more to go see a psychologist and it sounds like they're going to get just as much if not more out of your groups anyway so from the outside looking in eventually there's got to be a way yeah. that like you can monetize it and not in a way to make millions of dollars but in a way that you can do it full time because you're obviously making so many yeah exactly yeah. make it sustainable i think that's one thing we, we have looked at um i mean for all the brothers we have always looked at doing it full time and, and creating something which we're able to to not only sustain but also to be able to bring to bigger groups um but at the moment, with being a father, with still having the bills and food to put on the table and everything else, um, work has kind of taken that that upper hand. But the more that we meet people around the country who are like, we need you to come to our workplace, or we need you to speak to our sports team, we need you in, I guess, our environment to be able to facilitate groups for us, the more I look at it and I'm like, when you are making money from it, it's not only a job, it's something which makes you proud to get up and do it. Exactly. Day. Like, there's no harm in... And like I said, I struggle with it all the time. There's no harm in making money from this stuff. Yep. It's helping people. And I mean, just from the outside looking in, you can just copy exactly my business model yep. podcast, chatting to people in the groups who are willing to chat. So many great podcasts when it's just about vulnerable chats. Don't People don't have to have profiles or do anything. They can just Talk. be yeah. bro the brothers. So like there's one that turns into a revenue stream. Merch is obviously such a, I'm sure you guys probably already do yep. some sort of clothing, but if you get everyone at your meetups, 300 a week to buy a shirt, like there's a way that you can start pulling back a bit from work. Cause I can see how passionate you are about this. It's such a, um, yeah, a special line of work to be in. I find myself obviously in it as well. And yeah, there's just so much more work to be done. Cause we know the statistics, we know how bad it is. And it's so important that people like you do be able to make this full time, be able to. So I guess anyone out there listening that wants to get involved and learn a bit more about for all the brothers how can um yeah people get involved what are your offerings how do people um well, yeah learn more about what you guys are doing as of next week and i haven't really been able to say this yet yeah, this won't as come of, out yet as of so next week this will, be, this will be out this won't be out until oh, probably two three weeks there so. we go um you, so can just our, out. <laughs> you can head to our our website for all the brothers.com yeah. um freshly released um it's all new that there has a full um option to attend or seek out any of the events that we have yeah but also to be able to buy our merchandise as well um but through our social media is mainly i guess where i will spend a lot of my time um, not only pr promoting the events that we have going on but also trying to provide a little bit of daily i guess inspiration yeah. or motivation to, to pick the head up through things um mm. shit we all go through it we all go through it at different levels and yeah. some days you just need a, a smile from another stranger sometimes you need to be a need to read a quote to remind you shit you've actually got this but you've just got to take the steps you need to better yourself like i love quotes what's your favorite quote this too shall pass this too shall pass because it's the truth in life and it's something which uh, a good friend of ours adam somerville he actually told me he's like this too shall pass no matter what you're facing at the moment this too shall pass and you could be in the worst possible situation in life right now but if you just give it that 24 hours that 48 hours if you just ride out the storm this too shall pass. It's like any storm that happens in life, this too shall pass. Mm. Um, it's one of those things where it seems very generic and it seems like it's been overplayed and used by a lot of people. But when you you actually look back and you're like, shit, this actually did pass. And mm. I, I got through that moment. I can get through any other moment life throws at me. I mean, look back and see the rainbows. No rainbows it. without storms. And I think it's yeah, just so important that we do be there for our friends yep. when the times are tough and yeah just try and really learn some of the skills that we've talked about today from taking accountability really trying to as hard as it is sometimes take that responsibility and go you know what can i do to change yep. great things like therapy gratitude so many amazing things and most importantly talking to people and that's what i feel like you've done so so well it's something that i've always kind of wanted to do but i don't feel like it's my place like i feel like i've created what i've created and I've, i'm pretty happy in where i'm at something i want to get more into but i hopefully will be able to align with people like you and bring some maybe collab stuff to australia are you still doing stuff in australia now yeah bro occasionally um not being able to be there in person and facilitate things is a little bit hard for yeah. us hence why i took a bit of a step back we still have a lot of followers and a lot of friends that we have over there um who will ask 
hey, can we do this to support for all the brothers in some sense? And we're, we're always open to it. Um, but we don't have the walks and the catch-ups and the meetups like we used to. Um, eventually... I'm going to help you. We're going to bring back... Yeah. We'll, we'll do a quarterly one on the Gold Coast. I'll host it for you that'd, from Good Humour Factory for awesome. all the brothers. Yeah, that'll be awesome. I've got um, some friends in Sunny Coast who would love to come down for it. They're always asking, when are you coming back to be able to... To, to bring some goodness for us so that'll oh, be absolutely let's awesome let's get one definitely yeah, bro. before the end of this year yep. we'll do a good human and for all the brothers I'd love to do that I actually so. might have to get on a plane and come over come over bloody and bloody oath <laughs> I can't wait I can't wait um, but man thank you so much for being so open sharing your story giving us a bit of an insight into your life like you said you probably get a lot more about the for all your brothers but I wanted to get to know the guy you are and it's um it's really spectacular to see the growth that you've had the ups and downs that you've been through from Obviously, your upbringing with um, your father leaving from such a young age to having a different father figure, but also the perspective you brought of not being judgmental of him when maybe he parented you in ways that you look at now and realize it probably wasn't the best way, but also having that perspective of being kind to him doing what he had to do at that time. Um, and then your therapy story is amazing. Thank you for being so open about that. It's definitely not talked about with young men. That's why I wanted to go pretty deep into it with you. I think this was a chat that a lot of people will be able to hopefully reflect on and be like, you know what? It's okay to go and ask for help, whether it be through therapy or through one of your guys' chats. So, so special. The last question I do finish all Good Humans podcast with is the same, and I'm really excited to get to hear your answer for this one. So what does being a good human mean to Zane Munro? Being the person that you wish was there for you on your dark days. Because honestly, wow, powerful. You, we all go through it. We're all going through it in different, some different sense of life. We're all going through something. And what is the person that you needed most when you were in those tough moments? And that's the only person I'll ever try to be. It's somebody who can show up for others to the best of my ability, to the best that I can, to be there for them, um, to help them through and to remind them that there is a better day ahead. Mate, I love that, and I think the way that you—I was going to pull you up, not pull you up—the way the, the way that you said to the best of my ability, because I think sometimes we don't have the capacity to show up, and that's okay, and not being too harsh on yourself, but doing the work internally with yourself so that you can show up, and it starts with us. And I think, yeah, it just brings today's chat so full circle, mate. This has been incredible. My first podcast here in New Zealand. <laughs> it's um been an amazing chat. It's going to be hard to top, but I've got some awesome guests as well coming up. Um, last thing, I guess, where can people find you? I'll leave it all in the show notes. Anything you got coming up, you want to plug anywhere you want people to go check out. This is kind of your time to plug some stuff. Monthly, especially here in Auckland, um, first Tuesday of every month, alongside our good friends from Arepa, we have our brother's brain chat, um, yep. which we bring a local special guest speaker along every month. Um, but it's also a chance to get together in a room full of brothers to openly talk about the shit that we don't talk about very often. Mm. Um, completely unscripted it's open to any single male who wants to come along um, tickets are only ten dollars but it's a chance to give back to the mental health foundation in new zealand but a chance to connect with other brothers from all different walks of life mm. too um the first sunday of every single month at f45 down in newland we run a for the brothers men's weight session and workout it's a chance to get our guys in the gym actually moving because as much and all as mental health is about talking and processing the problems that you're going through, it's also about looking after yourself. Mm. And when you start looking after yourself physically, you start to feel better mentally. And I put it down to when you lift the body, the mind starts to follow. Mm. So we run these completely free of charge down at F45 Newland. Chance to get any single brother along, involved, moving their body and lifting their mind. Going off of that, we do run um, events Every third Wednesday, um, they'll be released a little bit more in the coming months. Um, it's just another chance to get our guys together. This time we'll be with a therapist um, who will be present to actually bring some tips and some tricks for guys to, to use for themselves um, to take out into to the real world to, to practice and to help themselves. Amazing. And then obviously socials and stuff, all that will be in the show notes. And keep an eye out for Good Humans um, <laughs> and the for Gold all Coast, the brothers, Gold Coast um, <laughs> walk. I can't wait for it. Mate, thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure coming on Good Humans Podcast. Legend, bro. Thank you very much for that. And thank you for coming over to New Zealand to see us. Mate, great to be here. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. 
every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.